she's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Welcome, and thank you for joining me for episode 10. Wow, I can't believe it. I am on my 10th episode. Podcasting has really been an interesting experience for me. It's been lots of fun, and I've met so many very nice knitters from all around the world. I feel so fortunate having such a nice, supportive group of listeners. Thank you. On the other hand, though, it's also been a lot of work and quite time-consuming. So what I've decided to do with the podcast is follow the example of David Reedy, who does the podcast Sticks and String, and take a break every 10 episodes. So what I am planning is to take the rest of the year off and get back to my regular podcasting schedule at the beginning of the new year. It happens to be a huge pet peeve of mine when podcasters promise regular episodes and then don't follow through, so I'd really like to avoid this happening with the Never Not Knitting podcast and inform my listeners of all upcoming podcast breaks. And I just am going to need to take a break once in a while so I don't get too burned out. So, please bear with me. I really hope you will all stay subscribed. While on break, I will still be active on the Never Not Knitting podcast group on Ravelry. And, of course, you can keep track of what I've been knitting by checking out my blog at nevernotknitting.com. And during this time, while I'm not podcasting, I will be collecting knitting stories from all of you out there and working on my next 10 episodes. In the next episode series, you can expect more drawings and giveaways, and perhaps a few new and exciting segments. So you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Ah, okay. So, with that big announcement out of the way, let's get on with the show. This episode, I practically have nothing to report. I washed my Lush and Lacy cardigan for the first time since I knit it a few months ago, and it practically killed me. It smells so bad. I don't know if it's the Angora, or the wool, or the combination of the two, but seriously, it reeks. It's taken about one week to dry, and my entire office is ruined. It smells not even like a wet wool smell, kind of like the wet wool used the bathroom as well type smell. It's not good. It's really, really not good. But besides washing sweaters, I've also been knitting sweaters. Well, one sweater. And you know what sweater I'm talking about. The dad sweater. Also, over the past few weeks, I've learned something quite unsettling. I'm quite certain that the dad sweater has it out for me. 
there must be some unraveling going on while I'm not looking or something along those lines. I'm not quite sure what's going on, but I know that there's something going on behind my back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure something like that's happening because it can't possibly be me. Remember, I'm the knitter that knit myself an entire cardigan in two weeks. I'm the knitter that everyone at the shop is always saying, she is such a fast knitter. How do you get these projects done so fast? Yeah, I'm that knitter. Why is this sweater taking me so long? Because I've been working on this thing all the time. Last episode, I had hoped that by the time I got around to recording episode 10, that I could report that it is done. And it is not done. And it's not done at all. I'm afraid it's going to take me another couple of weeks to finish, depending on how the dad sweater behaves itself. Over the past few weeks, all I've managed to knit on it is one sleeve and one side of the saddle shoulder. And now I'm working on the neck piece. I feel like I should be faster at this, but I really think that this sweater has other plans for me. Working on this has definitely been irritating. All I know is that my dad better love and cherish this sweater. I better see my dad wear this sweater every time I see him. If when I finish it, it for some reason doesn't fit or my dad doesn't like it, that could potentially kill my entire knitting career. So dad, if you end up listening to this, even if you hate it, just pretend, pretend for my sake, for the sake of the podcast and the listeners and the blog, just pretend. So, on to a less depressing topic. Have you all seen the new issue of Twist Collective? Well, it's simply amazing. Now, I really did enjoy their previous issue, the fall premiere issue, but the winter issue is absolutely fantastic. There are so many patterns in there that I would like to knit. I'm just thrilled about it. So I thought for this podcast episode, I thought I'd marry product reviews with my regular knitting fantasies segment and put it all together while I talk about Twist Collective and its new must-have knits. I guess that would sound a little something like this. Bring on the product reviews. And knitting fantasies. Oh, well, maybe that would only make sense if you've previously listened to this podcast. But anyway, on with the show. Twist Collective is an online magazine 
that can be found at Twist Collective, T-W-I-S-T Collective, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E dot com. The difference between this magazine and others is that you have to pay for these patterns. But all the patterns are designed by a wonderful team of well-known, talented designers, such as Nora Gone, the girls from Zephyr Style, Ysolde Teague, Marnie McLean, Kate Gilbert, the list goes on. And they all did such a wonderful job. So for those who haven't seen it yet, I'd like to take you step-by-step through some of my favorite patterns so that you know what to expect from the winter 2009 issue. So first off, there's Dietrich, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, by Marnie McLean. And I really like this pattern. Not being much of a hat person myself, I'm always looking for hats with flattering shapes, and I definitely think that this hat would be one of them. It's a felted hat, done in red for the picture, which is really cute. They call it a cloche style hat, and it's got a a medium brim on it with a slit on the side. And then she has it fashioned two different ways, one with a ribbon and a button around it, and then another one with a little feather pin. And both is really cute. And I definitely think that this hat could be dressed up or down with a nice vintage pin or button, or just be left plain if that isn't really your style. I would really like to make one of these, but it takes a two-ply wool, which we don't have at the shop right now, so I don't think I'll probably be making it anytime soon, but definitely will be thinking about this one in the future. I really also like the Ice Fantasia Shawl by Anne Hansen, and this is just a beautiful lace shawl, which I love lace shawls. I mean, who doesn't like them? They are beautiful. I don't knit them, but I really like to look at them. And I kind of have an ongoing queue in my head of all the ones that I'd really like to knit one of these days when I ever get around to knitting a lace shawl. Anyway, this one's really pretty. And it has diamond and chevron patterns. And as the pattern description says, it evokes textures and shapes of ice and frost formations and I would agree it's really pretty and this one will definitely go into the lace shawl mental cue. A nice simple pattern that has a very classic look is the Ariosa cowl by Pam Allen and this is a really nice cowl that looks like it It's worn folded and it has a split at the bottom and just looks really nice. Looks like the perfect type of thing you would want in the winter to keep around your neck that isn't too bulky. Very nice looking. It's knit in what looks like somewhat of a bulky weight yarn and looks like it would knit up fast and make a really nice gift. This issue also has a beautiful pullover sweater by Fiona Ellis called Rebecca and it has a really bold, nice cable motif going up the front and also down the sleeves. And it has a mock turtleneck and it looks as though that it's semi-fitted. It's not too boxy looking. There's probably some waist shaping of sorts in there, but very nice. Also a really nice classic style, something that I could see anybody really being able to wear. 
Okay, the next sweater that I wanted to share is one of my favorites. It's called Vivian, and it's designed by Ysolde Teague. And it's quite amazing. It's a beautiful fitted cabled zip-up cardigan. The way that it's shaped, it looks like it really would fit your body well. And I was also interested in this sweater because the cables on it look intricate and really beautiful. And the background behind the cables is seed stitch, so it just has a lot of really nice textures going on. And also under the construction notes on this sweater, it says that it is seamless and the body is knit in one piece from the bottom up and even the sleeves are knit in the round and joined at the yoke. So it also seems like this would be a really fun sweater to knit, especially if you don't even have to worry about seaming at the end. So definitely check that one out. That one is called Vivian. All right, another beautiful cabled sweater in this issue is King Scott by Nora Gon. And this sweater has a lot of cable motifs on the front. It's a cardigan style with long ribbing on the body and the sleeves. And the cables are mostly in front and the back consists of a rib pattern with alternating cables. It's also very intricate looking and very pretty and I could definitely see myself wearing this one. I really like Noragon. I like pretty much everything that she designs. Another cardigan that I like that is not cabled but has lace is called Brodery by Connie Chang Chinchio. Boy, I hope I'm saying all these things right. And this one is very beautiful. It has a beautiful lace waistband and then lace panels going up the front and neckband of the cardigan. And it's a deep V, so the only buttons are at the waistband. And then it has like a more subtle lace stitch eyelet pattern on the whole body of the sweater. And then the beautiful lace kind of leafy or diamond shaped lace panels on the front and waistband really stand out. It's very feminine, very pretty. And aside from the Rebecca pullover that I previously mentioned, there's also another cabled pullover in this section. And this one is a full turtleneck and it's knit out of Malabrigo worsted, which surprisingly I haven't gotten to knit with yet. And everyone's always telling me how great it is. So, and I'm looking at it knit up in the sweater and it looks really, really pretty and really soft. And the construction notes on this sweater also say that it is a seamless construction knit from the bottom up. So that's always a plus. This one has a different pattern motif going up the front. It resembles cables, but it looks more like pentagon shapes with a stitch pattern in the middle. You just gotta see it to understand, but it's really nice and the sleeves look slightly flared and it's just a different style than the other, but the design is very inviting. This brings me to my favorite pattern out of this entire issue. And this pattern is a sweater, more like a sweater coat. And this coat is right up there with the Winter Wonderland coat for me. It is so beautiful. As soon as I saw the issue, this is the first thing that stood out to me. And I knew that someday, somehow, I'm going to make this coat someday when I'm not on a yarn diet, I guess, but it's 
amazing and there's no way to describe it. It's one of those things you're going to have to look at. So the name of this awesome coat is Sylvie, S-Y-L-V-I, and it is unbelievable. The pattern is knit up in red for the pictures, which is so suited for this pattern. It is a long seed stitch hooded coat and the hood is kind of pointy, which is kind of cute. And then it has this beautiful embossed vine with big bold flowers climbing up the entire back of the sweater and onto the hood. It is amazing. I have no idea how this designer came up with this beautiful pattern, but it is so unique and free flowing and just beautiful. I have to make this coat and I have to make it in red. I've decided and I don't know when I'll be able to do this but I want to just start on this right now. This is a must knit pattern for me. The front of the sweater is completely plain with just seed stitch and it's made out of a bulky weight yarn so I think that it won't be too terrible. I think that it'll go faster because it is in a bulky weight and it has some buttons going up the front but the really stunning part of this coat is definitely the back you're gonna have to go over to twist collective just to check out this coat so those are my favorite patterns but you know me i'm sweater obsessed there's also some great gloves socks hats lots of things for all different styles and of course more sweaters that i didn't mention it's just full of great patterns I find that it's rare that I find so many beautiful patterns in just one magazine issue. So I was really, really pleased with this online magazine. I will definitely be checking it again in the future. And I've decided that it's my new favorite online pattern resource. But here's the downside to Twist Collective. It's doing nothing, absolutely nothing, for my yarn diet plans. I'm very disappointed because... A lot of the sweaters that I like take a bulky weight yarn, well the two that I can think of that I like, the Sylvie sweater and Vivian, and I don't have any bulky weight yarn in my stash, so that's quite disappointing. And also many of you listeners may be wondering about the other sweater fantasy I was having several episodes ago, the Winter Wonderland coat, I made such a big deal about it in episode 2. And I really did plan on knitting it, but then after going through all of my yarn stash and seeing how much yarn I had, I kind of felt guilty buying 2,000 yards more. And that sweater takes a bulky yarn too, and so I don't have any bulky yarn in my stash to make that sweater or my two favorite sweaters that I mentioned in this issue of Twist Collective. So that's kind of sad, but someday someday. Maybe for next year I'll have three new beautiful cable sweaters. So for now these sweaters should really remain purely fantasies. This episode I was fortunate enough to receive another knitting story from one of our listeners. This story was contributed by Stephanie Chavez, a local podcast listener and customer of the Scarlet Skein, and her story is entitled, A Good Yarn. What follows is a true story. A couple of days ago, a well-intentioned co-worker rocked my world 
as I once knew it. As you can see from the get-go, I sway toward the dramatic. Oh, there will be drama. This co-worker called and casually asked me if I was going to the yarn sale. My local yarn shop, The Scarlet Skein, recently had a terrific sale, which happened to be on the same day as my only son's wedding. I'm told it was a beautiful wedding. No, I'm just kidding. I was informed it was a great sale. So I was a little confused and politely told her that I wasn't able to attend, and she says, no, I heard through the grapevine that Tracy just completed inventory, and she's planning to close the shop. Close the shop. Close the shop? What? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. Self-recrimination ensued. I knew I should have bought more yarn, taken more classes, sold off the farm equipment, done my part to keep the shop viable. What is wrong with me? I wasn't doing my part. Now I have to shop at Michael's. Thank God at least there's Michael's. Small comfort. It's very hard living in a community with few yarn resources. This is starting to hit me hard. I then proceeded to tell two friends my tale of woe. First, Melanie. Melanie begins to lament as well and says that she'd better get over to the yarn shop quickly to buy yarn for her current project. I'm thinking, project? You mean for the next year, right? What will we do? No one, and I mean no one, sells yarn approaching the beauty and variety that Tracy does at the Scarlet Skein. No one describes said yarn to the degree that Alana does for her podcasters, keeping us well advised of both what works and what pitfalls to avoid. Just her musings of Cascade Venezia alone made me want to wander over to the shop for an immediate look-see. To make matters worse, I was unable to stop by the shop to verify the truth of this horrible rumor, and the very next day was a work holiday, and I had plans to knit with my other friend Karen all day at the beach, from dawn to dusk, another whole day sweating it out. So I break the news to Karen the next day, who I was able to make as miserable as I. Misery does love company. As we knit on the shores of San Simeon, wondering how we will procure yarn in the foreseeable future. We commiserate, whine, felt guilty, at a loss, but we knitted on. But we didn't get boggled down in our troubles for long. Karen and I are thinkers, doers, move honors. How are we going to save the local yarn shop? Bake sale? Knit-a-thon. That's when I had what I call the B.I.E., the best idea ever. A touching fee. Yeah, that's it. Tracy needs to begin charging a touching fee. You know, like a tasting fee for the fiber artist. I'd pay it. Two bucks per customer. You can feel all the yarn you want. Have you seen the number of people that come through and just touch yarn? That's almost the best part of the entire shopping experience. Charge them, I say. It's an untapped source of income. Hmm. I guess that might turn off some folks and force them to go to Michael's where they can touch all the mediocre yarn they want for free. I might need to rethink that one. So the next day, I return to work and my friend Melanie asks me if I've contacted the Scarlet Skein yet. No. Why would I want to actually confirm the bad news? I frankly don't want her to say it out loud. I procrastinate. And finally, toward the end of my day, I suck it up and I decide to call. The phone rings. The shop employee answers. And at the moment, I wonder what she might be thinking. So I say, 
Hi, this is Stephanie Chavez. Does the shop have caller ID? Yeah, I know, I know. This is a weird way to begin a conversation. Just stay with me here. She hesitantly replies, well, yes, we do. So I say, did it freak you out to answer the phone when the caller ID displays State of California Mental Hospital? I guess I should clarify here that I'm not a customer of the State Hospital. I just work there. She says, hold on, let me put you on speakerphone before I can tell her the reason I'm calling. And I'm thinking, shoot, I don't want anyone in the shop to hear my question in case the rumor is under wraps for now. So she puts me on speakerphone and says, there, that's better. What can I do for you? So I probably proceed to creep her out further by asking, are we alone? And she chuckles again and she says, yes. So I ask the dreaded question. I heard a rumor that the scarlet skein is closing. Is that true? No, I don't think so. I know that Tracy just completed inventory and she's on vacation now. Well, that doesn't sound like economic distress to me. She assures me the shop is not closing, and at this point I'm thinking that telling her that I want to kiss her just might seal the deal in terms of filing that restraining order. So I politely thank her for making the remainder of my week bearable. I am seriously unable to articulate the physical relief I experienced at that moment. Up to that point, I had no idea how closely tied to my mental health and general well-being the Scarlet Skein is. I intend to give Tracy a big hug and two bucks the next time I see her. The telling of this cautionary tale is provided as a wake-up call to the knitting, crocheting, and fiber arts masses. Do not neglect your local yarn shop. Like waking from a really bad dream, your outcome may not be as rosy. So I call Melanie and leave her a voicemail, told Karen the awesome news the very next day at work, and speaking of cautionary tale, they never did find the body of that well-intentioned co-worker who sparked this short but devastating journey. Thank you, Stephanie, for that story. And just to clarify, the Scarlet Skein isn't and never was going out of business. That would be just horrible. So remember, over my break, I will still be collecting knitting stories for future episodes. So if you have one in mind, it doesn't necessarily have to be about a project, just like this episode's story. It could just be any story involving you and your knitting. So if you have a story like that, please drop me an email. I'd love to feature it on the next series of podcasts. So just to remind everyone, the show notes for this podcast can be found at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. There's a podcast listeners group on Ravelry that you can easily find by going to the groups tab at the top of the screen and typing in Never Not Knitting. And you'll find our little Ravelry group. Please join if you haven't already. And of course, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me. And that's at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to episode 10. And don't worry, I won't be gone for long. I'll be back before you know it. See you in January. And don't forget to stay subscribed. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. 
Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she's a snit. Nobody has clean laundry, no pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. Yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.